sometimes on this podcast, I talk about very tactical things and suggestions. Sometimes I talk about big picture concepts. And sometimes, like this time around, I want to talk about something that I think deserves our attention and something that I want to raise some awareness about because of current dynamics and trends. Specifically, we're going to talk about presenteeism and the bias for proximity and how that impacts minorities and women in the workplace in an alerting way. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode of the Manage Your Track podcast. Today, I want to talk about a topic that I think is really important. And we talk a lot about moving back into hybrid work environments. A lot of companies who are, have been fully remote for the past couple of years are calling people back into the offices. And I have talked about hybrid leadership or leading a remote team on the podcast before. There's one thing I haven't talked about, and I'm becoming increasingly aware and alerted about this issue, which is what has been coined the Zoom ceiling. The Zoom ceiling is essentially telling us that instead of the glass ceiling, we now have this issue where people who aren't in the office and aren't present or visible to others are impacted by a range of different biases and therefore are less likely to get bonuses and less likely to get promoted. Now, the really concerning part about this, well, that in fact is concerning because biases are never good and we should always aim to reduce any biases and impact biases have on people. But also it impacts particularly women, people with larger commutes, which are often minority groups traveling from further away, and people with disabilities. So let's look at some statistics here. The Office for National Statistics in the UK said that over a five-year period of the thousand of workers that they surveyed, those working remotely were less than half as likely to get promoted. Also, they were 38% less likely to have received a bonus over a seven-year time span. Think about this. This is substantial and it may not be an issue today and tomorrow. But for any company who has a hybrid setup or who isn't fully remote or fully back in the office, so therefore has exceptional cases or is generally agreed on a hybrid setup, unless that hybrid setup is really well managed, if there's some people who are remote and others are in the office, the people who are going to work from home remotely will be impacted as it comes to promotions and salary increases. Despite the fact that those surveyed actually work six hours per week of unpaid overtime compared to those in offices that work an average of 3.6 hours of unpaid overtime. So working at home means less promotability, less salary, and longer work hours. 
And knowing that this impacts women and minority groups and people with disabilities the most is going to create a ripple effect. So today this may be absorbable, but think forward over the next 10 years, if this is not being addressed, we're going to make it harder for women, specifically parents or moms in the workplace. We're going to make it harder for people of minority groups who have longer commutes. And we're going to make it harder for people with disabilities to rise and climb the ranks and create the diversity and the inclusion and the equity that we're all looking to create in the workplace. It's great to have DEI initiatives and efforts and building that into the hiring process and the onboarding process, the team development and leadership training process, it's critically important. But if we have a hybrid culture in the workplace where this aspect isn't taken into consideration, we will likely create a situation where we're worse off 10 years down the road than we are today. And I assume that you listening would agree with me that that is not okay. So there are a few things that I want to highlight in this episode, not just to raise your awareness that this is a challenge, but also what are some measures that we can take in order to counter those biases? Because at the end of the day, we know managers, they prefer to reward the people that they interact with. And seeing someone in person is a different experience than talking to someone over Zoom or over phone calls or Slack only and not meeting them and interacting with them on a physical, in-person, in-real-life situation. And so the proximity bias speaks to this and talks about how leaders will gravitate to promoting and fostering the relationships with those people that they physically see. And if you're someone who's working remote while other people are back in the office, you're going to be the one paying the price. Now, of course, if your company is all remote and no one is in office and there isn't even an office, this is not an issue, right? So from that point of view, I would encourage you to just listen to this episode to notice what is going on in the workplace but not because you're particularly going to be impacted. The same is true if you're working in a company where every single person is 100% in an office environment or out in the field, but everyone has the same work condition. This will not apply to you. But if you're working in an organization where some people are remote or there's a hybrid setup, then this is really, really relevant. And because you are likely a leader who is going to shape the culture of the organizations in the next 10 years and your impact and your influence is going to increase, I see it as my responsibility to talk about these topics and raise awareness on this podcast so that it inspires you to think about this and look at the policies that your company has set up or you keep that in mind when decisions will be made down the road. So planting a bit of a seed, hey, this is a real issue. There isn't, it's not just about convenience and flexibility, but it's about the inclusion, diversity and the equity that we create in the workplace going forward. Because hybrid setups that aren't well-structured are going to hurt women, particularly moms who are also navigating childcare or elderly care, minority groups, as well as people with disabilities the most. And those are actually the exact groups that we want to integrate and include and promote more. 
In fact, if we're not addressing this, this will lead over the next 10 years to a diversity crisis. And it may sound like I'm exaggerating the problem, but I think when it comes to diversity and creating equality and equal pay and equal opportunities for all people in the workplace, regardless of their gender, their abilities or disabilities of their heritage and race, that must be a key goal that you and I both work towards. It's my commitment and I hope from the bottom of my heart that it is yours as well. I said I will share a couple of ideas and things to consider as it comes to having those hybrid uh, work setups in place. One thing to be mindful of is that we may want to create flexibility in the workplace. And so when we say hybrid work and we want to tap into that advantage of providing flexibility, it may sound like a great idea to leave it up to the employees to decide on which days that they want to come into the office. Some people may say you need to be in the office five days or 10 days out of the month. Other people may say you need to be in the office at least three days a week and you get to decide which three days that those are. But by allowing this flexibility, we're actually creating the situation where some people are going to be in the office more than others. So yes, the people who do not have kids and the people who do not have long, do not have long commutes or disabilities will be in the office likely more so. And so a certain segment of the organization will likely be in the office five days a week. And that gives them an advantage. Whether we like it or not, it will. The other thing that actually gets in the way of that very flexible setup is that we're not actually going to optimize our in-office time compared to our home office time. What I mean by that is in order to optimize our presence in an office and make that time worthwhile, we would want to schedule as many meetings during the days in the office as possible because getting together and collaborating in meetings or talking to someone one-on-one or face-to-face works better being in that same location versus doing that over Zoom. But then doing really focused work where we want to eliminate distractions, that actually works best working from home. So if you have a hybrid setup and everyone in the organization is in the office the same days, we as an organization and as a team can actually optimize our schedule so that all our in-person meetings happen on the same days. And all our focus works and where we want to slow down Slack and emails and all that will happen on the other days. That might be a Wednesday, Friday, we work from home and Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, we're in an office. So all meetings should really be taking place on the Monday, Tuesday and Thursday and not on Wednesday and not on Friday. So if you're responsible for a team and you can make those decisions, pay attention to this. And maybe you say, you know what, Monday is our meeting day and everyone needs to be in the office on a Monday. So really try to optimize so that people who do come in the office, they get as much visibility as possible because everyone is in that mode of meeting each other and being part of conversations and they don't block out time to do focus work the exact days that certain team members who need the visibility the most will be in the office. So try to optimize for that and keep in mind that you want to create exposure for those people, for yourself potentially, but also those people on your team who may be impacted by that proximity bias or presenteeism. The second suggestion is obviously this shouldn't be a surprise. If you're working remote or in a hybrid setup, 
try to go to the office as much as you can. And I have three young kids and I know how much easier it is to work from home and navigate schedules and household work and all of that. But looking back at the times where I decided I wanted to work from home versus in an office, I think I could have optimized better had I been aware of the invisible costs that I pay by working remotely. If you choose to make the decision and say, I actually prefer working from home and I'm willing to pay that cost and maybe not get promoted as fast or have a lower bonus, that is okay. But make that decision really consciously. And if you are on the fence, I would say try to go in the office more so than not, especially at the beginning where people are looking to see who is back in and they form these relationships or recreate relationships that kind of got lost over the course of the pandemic. And then the third suggestion that I have is that if you are working from home or if you're supporting team members who are working from home or you hire people who will work remotely, the idea of saying, I'm going to sacrifice salary because I prefer flexibility is a bit of flawed in my opinion. And I know this is a controversial topic here. And trust me, I love the flexibility that I have and I appreciate it greatly. But in my opinion, I really encourage employees to not compromise on their salary because they are saying I should be so grateful for the flexibility I have. Let's go back to the statistic earlier. People working from home actually work an average of six hours of unpaid overtime compared to in-office workers, at least those surveyed, and there are a range of other surveys that were done on this over the last few years. And we see how much more people at home actually work compared to people in an office. And the productivity for those who are well set up to work from home is actually higher than those in the office. So if you think about your value is coming from the contribution that you're making in the organization, and that is the basis of negotiating your salary, and flexibility is a nice add-on that actually can benefit both parties, it's not a strong enough argument to say, I'm going to sacrifice on my salary, and I'm going to not negotiate or not negotiate enough because I'm so grateful for the flexibility that I'm getting. Yes, be grateful. And at the same time, negotiate your salary for what you're worth. Don't compromise because starting off with a lower salary will hold you back over years to come. Every time you get a pay raise of a few percent, those percentage points will be calculated based on your lower salary. So go in strong, ask for those bonuses, ask for the salary that you're worth and for the flexibility that you desire. So those are my three key points. One, try to set it up so that people are in the office at the same time. Two, go into the office as often as possible. And even if you're remote, try to fly in or travel to the office as often as you possibly can to build those relationships. And then third, negotiate your salary and the flexibility that you want. Those are my three suggestions and I do hope that bringing up this topic on the podcast here just made you aware of where we're at in terms of the hybrid work and how that is negatively impacting certain people in the workforce. They're actually going to reduce diversity in the workplace in the future if we're not managing and handling this well and if you're not building the awareness of how these setups are negatively impacting groups who are already negatively impacted in the workplace and that we need to elevate and not hold back today and in the future. 
I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So check out my social media handle so you'll see a post on there. Comment on the post or email me at contact at RamonaShaw.com. I always love to hear from you. And if there is someone in your world, in your universe that you think should hear this podcast as well, please do pass it along if you got a lot of value out of it. Every view would mean the world to me on the podcast platform that you're listening to it. Thank you so much and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Manager Track podcast. Take care and bye for now. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.